continue in the perfect 10, God's words for us in Exodus chapter 20. It's also in Deuteronomy 5, and, and Paul reiterates it even in Ephesians 6, uh, particularly this command. But join me as we, we look at it in Exodus 20, and let, let's hear this calling from God, this blessing from God, reiterated once more. Moses has come down to the people, they're traveling, and he's talking to them about his amazing plan for them, because they're, they're headed to a new land. They're going to be a new people. They're going to establish what it means to really belong to God. And this is what God says. Moses tells us, then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Isn't that great? He's jealous. He wants us for himself. Punishing children for the iniquity of parents. There are consequences to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit any who misuse his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. And here's today. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God bring this home to us in our hearts through the power of his Holy Spirit as we look to him now. Let's pray. Father, all we ask is that we would only want you. And we ask that, therefore, your word would come now and find us not only in word, but in power in your Holy Spirit and with the full assurance that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be truly acceptable in your sight, O Lord. For you are our rock and you are our redeemer. And we pray all these things in the strong 
and risen and saving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Some of you are visiting with us, but if you, if you know me at all, you, you know that I am a road trip fan of the highest order. Now, I haven't done it much recently, but I have this thing called the I'll Know When I Get There Motorcycle Ride, which consists of just exactly what it sounds like. I'm gone for two or three days, and I don't know when I pull out of the driveway whether I'm going left or right, but it's a blast. And these directions, <laughs> this is what's been fun for me, these directions, the perfect 10, are given early on in the ultimate road trip. The ultimate road trip was out of captivity, out of bondage, out and away from slavery in Egypt and into God's what? Promised land. Land flowing with what? Milk and honey, the fullness of God's presence, that one day it will be so peaceful. You know what's captivating about these 10 words for travel? Well, first, regardless of religious background, regardless of what someone may have been trained in, or thought or believed, you notice how these, these directions are written on the human heart? Find somebody who disagrees that just in cold blood murdering someone is, is not the, the right thing to do. Find someone who says, oh yeah, you should just steal arbitrarily. Find someone who says, yeah, you should just run over to your mom and dad, the heck with them. You're not gonna, it's just not gonna happen. Regardless, the Apostle Paul noticed this. He, he said, you know what? This is the first promise with a blessing. Love those parents in the Lord. It's always been true. But here's what's really captivating to me. In the midst of these very clear words about how to live, God says, you know, here's all these directions. Don't murder anybody. Don't steal. Don't covet. Don't be adulterous, in the middle of all of it, right there smack in the middle, he stops and says, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. And literally, God says, in the original Hebrew, sincerely, hang on their every word. Respect them as you would respect me. <laughs> and you know what? Israel didn't do it. They did not hang on their parents' every word. God was telling them and us at that time, preserving these words as if we had been there, exactly how we need to live. And right in the middle of how to live, God says, do what your mom and dad tell you to do. Sorry, Bert and Allie, it's just, you know, I already, he didn't, it, yeah, just that's the way it is. But that's true for all of us. God says to us, do as I would have you do. Now, something to remember <laughs> is, like us, in this situation, they're out in the middle of the wilderness. They're on their way from Egypt to Israel. And Trust me, it is bleak out there. But they're homogenous. They're one people. They're Jewish. There's no interlopers. That's it. There's no 
Hittites, Hivites, Amorites, Jebusites, and all the rest, you know, all those people? Uh-uh. No. Yeah. They were Jews. The presumption was that honoring parents meant to follow their identity as God's people. You be like your mom and dad. You live as they lived. You become like what they've become. And yes, their parents had not always been very good at doing that. They had grumbled. If you've read this Exodus, you know that they get led out of captivity and almost immediately they're grumbling. And God's not saying be like that, but be who they are and whose they are. Belong to me the way your parents belong to me. Because here's the reality. When Israel did not do this, they became like the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the people who were around them, and they even married into the world. And when they did, what happened? Israel collapsed. God's people were scattered. Hence, the need to honor what God has endeavored to give us through the lineage of family, the body of Christ. Why did he give this command at this particular point? Why do we get this point? What what does it mean for us? I'll tell you why. Because they are being shaped as they travel, as they live, to be the nation, the nation, who will show what it means to honor God. There is only one nation. It is the nation of God's people as described in the word of God that points to what it means to really honor God. This is not just for the children then in the wilderness. It's not like the parents can go, see, look, it's here. You've got to do what I I say. No, everyone there in the wilderness, like us here, who are the children, who are the parents? We're all children because we're all being parented by God. And you're to do, God says, what I tell you to do. This is for all Israel as they travel to honor and remember whose they were. So what does it mean to honor? It means literally to give great importance and weight to who we are dealing with. Hmm. One of Israel's worst legacies is in not doing this, but rather acting like my parents? What did they know? They're the ones who got us stuck in Egypt in the first place. They, they tell me to, to do what God says, but that's just something they made up. They, they said God said that because they didn't want me to do something else. So they just said, well, God said you should do this. We know better. But look what happened to Israel when they didn't honor their parents. I know, honoring parents can be tough sometimes. And for some who have had parents who have not honored God and do not honor God, that's really hard. We're going to talk about that. But Paul adds that in Ephesians 6. He says, honor your parents in the Lord. Because they will not, if they're in the Lord, if they're doing what God has called them to do and to be who they've been called to be, they will not ask their children to do or expect their children to do anything that God would not expect of them. We honor our parents when we honor our parent, 
okay? There's the connection. We honor our parents when we honor our heavenly parent and make God's ways our ways. See, God never calls us to honor something other than his ways. Isn't that good? God never makes it confusing. God is very, very clear. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways, so you honor me. Remember, this was given to people whose identity was not their own before their identity was from God. They were nothing. We were nothing. We are nothing without God. And God says, you honor me by being mine and remembering. Some of you heard this as kids. As you were headed out the door to whatever it was you were going to do, remember whose you are. It'll get back to me. So let's think about that for a minute. Who are our parents, quite literally? I'll tell you. They are those who have taught us what to do and not to do. Nothing my parents ever taught me to do God's way. Nothing my parents ever showed me to do by showing me God's way has taken me the wrong way. Isn't that something? Think about that. Anytime someone has shown you how to do it God's way, think about that. Have you ever been led to the wrong place? I don't think you'll find that, that it's ever happened. And nothing my parents taught me that was not God's will has ever kept me from the best. So if God said, if my parents said, don't do this, it's not God's will, I have never ever been left out from anything that really mattered. But not honoring God's ways has consequences. Now, I might have thought, well, they'll never see. They won't know. Or God's not watching. He's too busy with my sister. <laughs> she was always the better one. That's why she's the lawyer. But the weight of what we might have been shown is true no matter whether we think God's watching or our parents are watching. God's way always calls us to be his. God is the parent who is to be honored, okay? God is the parent who is to be honored. God's voice calls to us. We are not our own. We are not free agents. We are not lone rangers. We do not know better than our parents, even though we think we do. Remember Mark Twain? His brother was one of the founders here. Mark Twain said, I was born a Presbyterian, but I got over it. But, um, <laughs> but even he said, you know, when I was 17, my, my father was the stupidest man I'd ever met. By the time I was 21, my, how that man had grown. We need to remember that we do not know better than our parents. So what does it look like to honor our parents? Well, it looks like trusting the spiritual direction that they set for us in their trust of God, especially when we don't want to. Honoring our parents is doing what they show us to do in the Lord, even when we don't want to do that. It looks like asking them for directions. 
And if our human parents are not leading us in God's ways, it looks like asking others if our parents are leading us where God would have us go so that we may honor our parents by inviting them into God's way. You know, sometimes we will have parents who do not show us God's way. So we listen to God's Holy Spirit and we say, how do I honor my parents? By going God's way. We honor our parents by accepting and acknowledging that we don't know as much as we think we do and especially not as much as those who have gone before us. Our heavenly parent knows exactly where we need to go, who we need to be, how we need to get there, and when we need to get there. And we can have our own schedule that messes everything up by saying, listen, I got this one worked out. Thanks, just the same. No, that doesn't work. That is not honoring our parents. We honor our parents by not blithely dismissing them as old-fashioned and behind the times but rather we honor them by putting weight on their words and actions, by asking them and really wanting to know how they set their sail. How'd you get here? What mistakes did you make? How did you find your way here? And we honor our parents by listening to God and telling our human parents about the one who has given us life forever. We listen together. We honor parents who have been long gone. Some of your parents have been gone a while now, as mine have been. My parents would be in their early hundreds now, but they're still very, very present. We honor our parents who have been long gone by being faithful to what they showed us and ironically by perhaps what they didn't show us or showed us what not to do by their own failure and by not being in many ways who they were. Now, my father said to me many times, don't do this like I'm doing it. So honoring parents may be showing them God's way and delivering our parents from trouble. That's a lot of what it meant in the Old Testament to honor parents. Be a deliverer of your parents. Take care of them. We honor them by showing them God's way and not going in a way that is not God's way. Faith is more often caught than taught. Have you ever noticed that? It shows in our actions and shapes our actions. We, we do not honor to get something. Oh, aren't you a nice boy or girl? I'll, I'll, I'll give you what you've been trying to get from me in your manipulative sorts of ways. <laughs> or, or to avoid punishment. Well, I don't really believe this, but I don't want them to beat me up. That's not honor. We honor our parents as we honor God by sincerely believing that what God pours through our parents is for God's glory to direct us to himself. Now, this gets a little tricky because sometimes the stuff that God pours through our parents is really pretty uncomfortable. And in fact, sometimes it's really painful because God uses their bad examples to draw us to himself. And other times it's really hard because we don't want to hear the direction that our parents are taking because we think we know better again. 
or, or because we are afraid that God's way just won't be comfortable. And you know what? Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes God's way is just flat hard and restrictive, but it's the best. This place is a huge calling on parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and all of us. In the example we set, am I being, as a parent, an example that is honorable? Am I pointing to God's way? I'll tell you what, sometimes I am not, but that is my desire. Being parents who are honorable can be hard and lonely because none of the other parents are doing it that way and therefore our kids don't want to honor us. It means not giving in and caving in to the world. It means trusting God when we are not honored and still honoring God when we are disliked or worse. Honoring parents means getting over ourselves and our baggage to tell and listen to our children, whoever they may be. They, they might not be our biological children. To tell what really matters by letting God lead us. The, the following is not a political example, but regardless of what you believe, it's about the relationship that God wants us to have with him. In the early 1980s, a young woman by the name of Patty Davis, some of you may remember her, was passionately opposed to the buildup of nuclear weapons. In and of itself, not a bad thing. She constantly spoke at rallies criticizing the nuclear arms policies of the Reagan administration. The main difference between Patty and the other demonstrators was that Ronald Reagan was her father. Her mother was appalled at Patty's actions because she felt they were a personal attack upon her father. But as long as she was respectful and, her, and civil, her, her father didn't mind Patty publicly expressing her views. But writing about her father in a, a January of about five years ago magazine article, Patty Davis admits she chose the more militant in-your-face approach instead. She frequently told the media it wasn't personal, but today she realizes that her actions spoke louder than words. While Patty was demonstrating for world peace, she now admits that she was also a child railing against a parent. Nothing more. I was at war with my father. How many of us need to recognize what Mike and the Mechanics said back in the 90s? Say it loud, say it clear. You can listen as well as you hear. It's too late when you die to admit we don't see eye to eye. I wasn't there that morning my father passed away. I never got to tell him the things I had to say. I was at war with my father, she said. One of her biggest regrets was turning her father down every time he wanted to sit down and talk with her about life. She would always tell him, I already know your side. She admits her re refusals to talk wounded him, and she wanted it to wound him. How many times do we want to wound rather than listen? She also expressed regret for per 
for participating in an anti-nuclear rally in 1982 at the Rose Bowl with 100,000 people in attendance. Just before she came to the podium to speak, the entire audience, 100,000 people in 1982, was chanting together, get a new president, get a new president. Every fiber of her being told her to walk away, but she gave the speech anyway. Looking back, she admits no one remembers her speech, only that she came on stage when 100,000 people were calling for her father to resign. Later in life, after her father had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, she said, I would look into my father's eyes and try to reach past the murkiness of Alzheimer's with my words, my apology, hoping that in his heart he heard me and understood. Say it loud. Say it clear. We can listen as well as we hear. It's too late when we die to admit we don't see eye to eye. Patty Davis concluded, I wish now, all those years ago, I had led with kindness and honor and respect, not with ideological stridency. We are, after all, remembered in the end for how we treat others. Sometimes the political has to be tempered by the personal. No, not sometimes, always, always honoring our parents, honoring one another as people who deserve dignity and respect because God loves us. Our hope is not in the plans and schemes of this world, my friends, but in relying together on the one hope of belonging to God in Christ Jesus. That is our hope. Who trusted his father the way we need to. His father said, I want you to go to the cross. I want you to get murdered. I want you to take on the full burden of an undeserving world that doesn't care whether you die or not. That's our hope, It's by being like Jesus, being willing to give up our ways and our whole lives to trust his way for us. Only there will we find peace. What's the way? Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Only there will we find peace. And not only peace with God, but peace with one another and with ourselves, with our parents, whether they're gone or not. The song says, it's too late when we die. I'm not sure that's true. By God's grace, I think we can reach across that chasm in the power of God's Holy Spirit and say, I love you. I care about you. And I'm going to honor you by honoring God who gave me life. You see, we are on our road home. We are on the road home, and the only thing that will matter is that we were faithful to the Father who gave up everything to get us home. That's how we honor our parents. The words to a song have been in my head this week, so let me conclude with this. We're, we're pilgrims on a, the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way.
cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us. Let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. For after all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover bless the light and become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. My friends, I want to be faithful to the God that those who have parented me have been. And I do not want to be distracted for a second from this so that when it's over, and it will be before you know it, it'll be over in the blink of an eye, I can know that I have left the best path for others as it has been left for me. May this be our desire. And if you need someone to parent you, it's not too late to ask. Look around. If you need someone to parent you or help you in your parenting, whatever form that may take, I encourage you to look around and ask someone here today. May the words to this song be our deepest desire in a world that wants so much less than this. And may we tell our kids and our parents, living or past, that this is all we want, and may our perfect parent smile and lead us to know his peace, the peace of Jesus Christ, all along the way, because that's what our world's starving to see, and we can give it away for free. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love your way. We need to love it more and to trust it more and to be grateful that you have laid it down for us and that you've used cracked, broken, earthen vessels to show us the way, sometimes by showing us what isn't the way. But we pray that we would honor our parents and honor you by listening to your right way as your Holy Spirit makes it known. And may we take your way that honors what you've done for us and what those you've given us have done for us in your name. All these things we pray with gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen.